All right, hey everybody, welcome to our ongoing episodically modular series, uh, Big Farm in the Sky PI, uh, Season 2 of the Phantom Minnow Season. If you're new, what I mean by episodically modular is this is a series that you can listen to in any order. I'll give you all the information right now so you have it, so you could just cuddle in. And if you're a completist, you can kind of complete them in any order. I think the first two episodes of the season were a two-parter. Uh, but even those, there's enough set up at the beginning. You could, like, you say, well, I'd listen to a prequel. Like, I listened to the episode two, and then I will listen to the prequel. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome to Big Farm in the Sky P.I. I'm Scoots. I'm not a part of the story, but the three characters that are are Simon, D.K., and G. Simon is an uncle of G and kind of a uncle of D.K., indirectly and simon is a post-earthly resident simon was earthly resident uh, simon was once an earthbound human just like us uh i'm presuming if any non-earthbound you know you say well i'm from actually uh, pluto pluto z and it's a hold on is that a is there another solar system where people actually respect pluto enough could we call it zudo Great idea. Well, I just renamed a planet of new podcast fans. Though Pluto, the podcast planet, this sounds pretty good too. Okay, but um, so where was oh, so Simon once lived on Earth as a human. Then Simon's life transitioned to the big farm life. And some of you may have had pets where you say, Where did Sandy go? Well, Sandy, you know, now lives in the big farm in the sky. Sometimes parents just say, well, we drop Sandy off at a farm. Sandy's like Lassie, by the way, not a, like a, yeah, so so we drop Sandy off at a, Sandy lives at the farm now. And then as you got old, I said, well, it's really the big farm in the sky. So Simon lives there. And again, I don't know how you qualify for what post-earthly lives. I got no, no info on that. I just know that Simon transitioned from Earth to the big farm. The big farm seems to be not uh, all good or all bad, like heaven or heck, uh, but also not all neutral, like those limbo and all those things. So, so not like lost either. I mean, not that there's that's not a knock on it or anything. It just seems to be like another realm of existence, actually. I mean, there's a lot of perks, including for Simon... Now, not all post-earthly residents can tram, tra- uh, travel or transverse between Earth and the big farm. Most are just at the big farm. You know, they say you cashed your check uh, to the big farm. Now you live in the big farm. Can't send letters back. Can't go, you know, you can't go back. But, you know, as those of us that live in the earthly realms know, people talk about big farm visitors and for a certain minuscule mathematical percentage of big farm residents, they can come back to Earth. And some can even interact and appear in, like uh, Simon can, full appearance, full discussion, full interaction. We call it, you know, C-A-S-P-E-R-ing. Like, uh, I think it makes sense, right? So Simon is in the big farm. Let's say there's 4 billion uh, post-earthly residents in the big, the big farm. Out of those 4 billion, maybe there's like 42 uh, uh, beings or post-earthly beings that can transition back to Earth. Probably more than that, but just for the sake of mathematical efficiency. 
Uh, so it's pretty low percentage. I don't know what it is. Maybe like uh, it's like 42 in, in 4 billion or whatever, or whatever number I said. So, uh, Simon, it's pretty rare. That's what otherwise you'd say. Well, I see, I see post-earthly residents all the time. Mostly say, I heard, I think. Now, G and DK, they are earthly residents. They're twins. They're best friends. They know and interact and love Uncle Simon. And in season one, they were helping Simon solve cases in the big farm in the sky. Simon was the big farm in the sky, P.I. In season two, G and DK, they took a sabbatical from school, a working sabbatical, self-directed ed- education, I think is what they call it. And they told their school, we're going to go live with DK's Aunt Penny in the towns, which is the largest uh, retirement community in the U.S. And we're going to start our own PI business uh, or, you know, problem solving business. And we know we'll learn by doing. And this school was forward thinking enough. They said, okay, well, as long as we can still count your attendance so we could qualify. And they said, oh, no problem. We'll log our attendance. And they said, fine, then whatever you do. Like, as long as you take these tests at the end of the year, too, you could do it. And so they said, job done. Uh, bureaucracy navigated. And they headed off to Florida to live with Penny's Aunt Penny. And since then, we're like eight cases in, I think, that happened in any particular order. But uh, if they've been here in the, in the towns with Uncle Simon cracking cases. And then frying them up or whatever, you know, I guess you you want like, uh, you know, putting them back together, whatever you do after you crack the case. Uh, So that's the season is uh, two tweens, just just like the other great kid detectives, uh, really G and DK. And since I I don't know if I've ever read any, you know, most of my uh, kid detectives that I read were under a tween age. They were... uh, single-digit age kids, maybe somewhere 10 or 11, but I don't consider that a tween. I guess maybe it is, though. So, sorry. I don't Encyclopedia Brown, honestly, I got no idea how old you are because, you you know, you're so brilliant. You know, Big Nate, uh, you're, you know, I'd peg you at nine, though, probably both of you. So, like, I don't know. Is Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, were they tweens? I don't know. I mean, it's an honest question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Also, I've never read any, any, any of those books, so looked at the covers before. Okay, where were we? Introducing the show. So basically, yeah, that's it, I guess. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Also, we have a Hollywood, uh, a wonderful and beautiful actor to introduce the episode, Mr. Antonio Banderas. As uh, my friend, this is the ladies, this is the gentlemen, the boys, the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time to crack this case. Big Farm in the Sky, P.I. Thanks, Antonio. And again, like, if you want to lie down, I know we haven't done it in a little while, but, you know, with this new setup, you know, my bed is right there. You know, my friend, I'm I'm beginning to enjoy listening to your podcast to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I can see why it both works and people it takes two or three tries because, uh, He's different. Yeah, you were getting some love on Reddit. I don't think I checked in there, but people were at. Oh, my friend. Uh, thank you. So anyway, that's Antonio Banderas. He's going to take a nap in bed close by to me. 
and just lie there and sleep like silently, of course, not moving, not moving any creaky elbows or rustling blankets at all. Oh no, no, I'm just going to lie there, and then we'll play uh, Munchkin later, right? Uh, yes. All right, uh, this big farm in the sky, PI. Thanks, everybody. Uh, hey, Diane, it's uh, me, Simon here, and uh, we got into we uh, Diane. Oh boy, do we have a case? Guess this is a case. It's a mystery, Diane, but it's a job. It's a, so it's a paid mystery investigation. You know, we 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 did drive we we did drive uh, in a golf cart, and they called it a mystery machine, G and D K. Uh, but this is like, uh, you, you, Diane, if you ever heard of a couple of things, we'll have to get some uh, vocabulary. There's party crashers, right? Who are people that show up at parties without uh, being invited. We're not, cra- our case is not crashing parties, but we're here. Uh, I don't know if we're a party predictor or a party finder, Diane. Uh, so maybe it'll take some other explaining. Now, there's this thing called pop-ups that, came, that popped up this term in the last uh, 10 years, uh, uh, maybe 12 years. And pop-ups, uh, now there's, there was pop-up tents originally. This is not that. And I think it's become a mature thing. That's no longer the case of what it once was. But originally, I believe, uh, and in this case here, a pop-up is a temporary uh, thing. Like, uh, originally it would be a pop-up restaurant or a pop-up shop. Uh, I think now they're used a little bit more for idea testing, where back when they first were, it was more of experiment testing or just having fun. And that seems to be the case in this case. We're in, in, the, ca- in the middle of the case, ca- ca- you know, working. Uh, G and DK are also listening to me as I recap it. Uh, but so you would have, like... Uh, Let's say you knitted caps and other things, or you had a knitting collective. And especially if you live in a city, Diane, it works best. You say, oh, that building's been vacant for a while. Let me see who owns it or leases it. Let me see if I especially over the holidays, maybe. Oh, it's still vacant. Let me see if I could lease that for four weekends leading up to the holidays. And we could pop up there. And make it sell our wares and, you you know, pay the people that own the building or at least the building would have a little bit of income. But you would negotiate something reasonable because you're not a long-term tenant. And, you know, the building is vacant and then you don't have to do now the newer ones. They're really well designed and stuff. But, you know, you could do DIY. Uh, so, oh, there's a the top chef. I, I realize G and DK. I sometimes watch that with them. They're, they do that with restaurant W A R S's. Those are pop up restaurants, and that would be another thing. Or pop up bakery, like our friends Zach and Becca, kind of in some sense. Uh, so, a temporary place in a temporary location. It's become more hyped than that, and I don't know what post you know postmodern pop up will be, but eventually, you know, after something starts ten or twelve years, it makes its way to the towns and becomes a thing. And there has been some pop ups here, uh, but not as you know, not as ubiquitous as, as, as in greater urban areas, especially the cities, you know. But this one party, Diane, it's a pop up party. 
and uh, very similar to pop-up shops. Uh, oh, I also note right uh, that uh, the pop-up shops that have been here haven't really worked. Uh, so people did try it around the holidays and some other things. Uh, uh, you know, other there's a famous one for for the October 31st. I don't know if that's exactly a pop-up shop, but it's similar. It just pops it pops up. It does pop up, I guess. But for the towns, people really would prefer something to have more experience with, to have a longer-term relationship with, to have history. So they wouldn't. They say, "Well, where do I return this?" You know, that that was the thing. Or what if this is? So it's just like it, it was a divergent experience as far as purchasing uh, items or eating at a restaurant, like the the history and the trust. Uh, but this this one's a party. It's different. It's a party. And that's what we're pursuing a pop-up party, Diane. Uh, G and DK are trying to get me, they say, get to the point. I say, okay, what was our point? Oh, okay, yeah. The, and they, this helps them break the case, though, really. So there's a party that pops up every once in a while, about once a month, uh, someplace in the towns, usually a vacant location uh, in or an original location, Though it has been, you know, some places that usually, like, so if someone rents it out for a party, normally it won't be there unless there's something non-normal going on. So like a bowling alley, people rent that out for birthday parties all the time. They wouldn't have the party there unless a bowling alley had closed down. They did do that, but it was so, yeah, and I think it was going to be closed down permanently, so then they had to, Bowl wherever you want, or like I don't know. I don't know all the details of the party themes. Yeah, they had one in a water tower. Again, like there's a lot of clubhouses here that you could have parties at, or pool pool parties, or pool side parties, or tennis parties. The, the pop-up party isn't at any of those. But yeah, like if a restaurant's closed, very similar to pop-up shop. A pop-up in a re- original location. And I think that's one part of the appeal. Uh, oh, roofs, roof gardens. Uh, gar- oh, gardens, because those are a little bit more. Anyway, Dan, I think you get the idea. Here's a couple other things you might be wondering about. These parties are free. That answers that question. And they're in very high demand. Uh, people do like the food at the parties, we've heard. Uh, and But the parties are hard to get into. They're not... They're exclusive, but in, a, in an interesting way. So it's a regular party, just to go over that day. And it, it pops up somewhere, has food, it has drinks, it has music sometimes, it'll have a theme sometimes, sometimes it won't. Uh, the only rule is positive attitude. We, like uh, So they don't like uh, party poopers or people that have partied too much. Uh, so, But there's three levels of attendance at these parties, which is where it's free and it's exclusive, but not excluding totally. And this is where the secretiveness of it comes in, Diane. So there's the people who play in the party, which we could only assume are at the party, but we'll dig into that. Then there's members who have been invited to the party, uh, which is a second layer. Uh, so there's the party planners or, or the club that's planning the party, we, we suspect. 
then there's invited guests, and apparently you can only get invited once a year uh, because of everything we've been able to look into. And they get a save. If you get invited, you get to save the date. Uh, it says this is the date. Uh, this is the time. It usually is like a general time. And then the day of the party, they find out the location. Most of the time, they get picked up. Everything is based on if you're going to be vibing at the party, you have to have a ride. Again, again, it also goes into the exclusivity. So if you're, like, you're getting a ride, if you're an invited guest, but no one knows who invited you. But people get to the party, they know people. So they say, oh, did you invite me? And then... They say, oh, no, like, so usually everybody pretends they're an invited guest, so no one knows who playing the party either. And there is a role-playing going on here, Diane, that we can't deny, which is, like, everybody's having fun with this. So it is, and there's no stakes in some sense, so it's hard to tell who's telling the truth of being an invited guest or being a party planner. And they're very tight-lipped because no one wants to lose their party privilege Especially to become the third level of guest to Diane. Let me just go over my notes. They don't know who invited them. They get uh, they get in. Oh, they have the inv- invitation to get the ride and to get into the party. But there's also on a list. Yeah, but then there's also so they find out where the party is right before. Even though they're getting a ride, they find out the location right before, and that triggers a third level of uninvited guests. Uh, which can all anyone can get into this party. You just have to wait in line, Diane. And those are day of guests. So the, when the people get the invite, they're quickly telling their friends and calling people, oh, this is where the party is. And so people quickly line up and uh, you have to wait in line. There are now these are hired employees like watching the line. So they have rules around the line that go along with the rules of the party. Be kind. Uh, so there is, unfortunately, like uh, no saving spots in line. Now, if someone's parking a cart or is going to have a wristband that says that they're they're in charge of getting everybody else home, those are the only ways you're allowed to get up in line to join someone. And then the people in line, they get led into the party in groups uh, and then let out of the party in groups uh, with just enough time to enjoy themselves. So small groups are let in, and they go in and enjoy the party. But then, you know, they have, like, an identifier, like a wristband or, like, a necklace or lay or a certain hat or a certain smock, depending on the theme of the party. So they have to leave. Uh, you get in, and you, ha- you, but you but then you have to go. And then the party either is set to run a certain amount of time or it goes until the food runs out, which I think normally it always goes till the food runs out. So that's one of the hard parts is not everybody in line always gets in, uh, which can be a source of frustration. Uh, but people are usually like kind of having a little party in line. So people have a positive thing, but you feel like, oh, no, I didn't get in. I didn't get in line in time. So the spots in line are very sought after as well as finding out this, uh, whatever it is, daisy chain of where and when the party is. So it, it is, but it's all layers of fun because, it, you know, once the dates are out, everybody's waiting 
that wants to go to the party or trying to stay connected. So it's really more of a fun thing. And, of course, it's sought after. No one knows how to get invited. So if you get invited, that's like a, a kind of status thing. Yeah, but you're also like, for that party, you have kind of privileged information. So it, it's just like a fun thing to do. Very, uh, even though this is a retirement community, it's very like uh, school-age fun, I would say. Uh, but we've been hired for the first time, and this makes sense, for a client to either get them an invitation, which I'd say you you got a better chance of getting a golden ticket into Willy Wonka's place, or getting a little bit of advanced information for when the next parties are. And again, I think we are hired in a fun sense because uh, I said, okay, well, we'll try. Yeah, I said, how's that sound, GNDK? Okay, so where are we start with? So we're just cracking the case here. Okay, G, G, go ahead, D, DK. Who, what, where, when, why? And then do interviews. Okay, so, okay. Okay, so what are our who questions, uh, G? Okay, who has the party? Who gets the invite? Who knows and plans things? Who event other people involved? Okay. Okay, what about the what? Uh, what do you got? Okay, what is the party? What is the purpose of the party? What is it just oh, is it just a party? That's a good question, or is it something more? Okay, I'm gonna underline that. Uh what where? Okay, where where have the party's been? Are there any patterns? That's a good question. Oh, where do they get their supplies from? Probably Costco, but who oh can't assume you're right. Oh boy, are you right? Okay, those are good questions. When? So looking for patterns, and again, and where and when. When are the patterns of the dates or the times? Well, yeah, it seems like the time is pretty much always uh, the time. Well, okay, we'll cover that. Okay. You're right. I kind of want to do seams. Okay, why? Okay, why other than the obvious why? Fun and... Okay, but why not just, like, invite only or line only or... Just have a par- party, right? Those are good whys. Yeah, why not just a par- private party? Okay, let's go do, let's start interviewing people. Okay. Well, hey, Diane, we're back. Uh, so we interviewed a bunch of people, and we've been doing, we've been stretching this out, this case out, Diane, so that, you know, we've been working on other things too, because uh, we don't know much. The interviews did not help. Again, it's like a lot of conflicting information. It's hard to tell. Everybody is happy to talk about it. Uh, but it's, you know, when someone's telling you a mistruth out of joy and fun, it's really hard to nail down if they're, it's confusing. Uh, so we don't have a lot of useful information. What we don't know, right? You're right. Thank you, G- thank you, GNDK. We don't know who runs the party. We don't know even know if it's a club or not. Uh, we don't have a uh, very clear uh, mission of the party. Uh, okay, we do know that the party has a lot of cheese and crackers. So those are like some of the primary foods. There are uh, cheese and meat alternatives there. So it is an open party. And, not, you know, every, like meets a lot of di- dietary things. Uh, but it does tend to be more snack uh, foods. We know the music and the drinks are good, uh, but nothing, um, everything is good. 
but it, most people, it, it is like uh, more driven by the experience than the, than its top shelf or anything. And again, uh, people are excited to be there. They like they do stress this positive attitude. There is this like role play going into it, and there is this anticipation. There were people that were disappointed because their anticipation was. Uh, expecting something different but because most of the people here in the towns have been if they've tried to go to the party they've probably got in at least once or they say well i don't do that like i do like they they like uh, they don't say they don't go they, they that's not their thing okay where we kind of covered the where like it's temporary space is unique uh not places you'd normally rent all the stuff i kind of talked about uh Oh, they use a trolley system. Also, they have, instead of, um, like, lift here, they have tuber for, like, the town's version of that, uh, uh, which is, like, because, they, they, you know, it's a private company that owns this whole thing. And, you know, they like to make their, you know, markups and everything. But you could get a tuber in a um, golf cart or a car. So it's like a lift. Oh, the other unique thing about this tubers, this was the first time we were experiencing it. Uh, so they have the trolley system, which is part of the, tu- the tuber trolley. It used to just be the trolley system. That's one way. It's kind of like a bus. Yeah, but you could privately rent them or, you know, tuber it now. Or, but all of the tubers, like a car or a golf cart, they have a chaperone, which makes sense here. You say, well, no, no, no. Like, and then it gives more people the conversation. They say, well, there's one person to drive, and then there's one person to navigate. And then there's one person to make sure you don't leave anything in the car. That's the passenger in the front seat who's like the tuber. It also stands for two in towns. We also have a tuber case we're working on. Um, but we, we even put a map up here, and we don't see any patterns of the wear. Like, it doesn't make a clear sign. Or it just seems to be vacant, you know. Uh, when, so all our interviews kind of led to this when. It's always a late lunch, early dinner time. And, and again, this sounds like a, like a trope, but it's true. And it makes sense that a lot of people here in the towns, they eat twice a day. They eat like a brunch, late, brunch, late uh, breakfast, uh, early lunch, and then a, a late lunch, early dinner. So I always thought that the idea of the early bird was a, a way for restaurants to, to get business in. Well, it's like which cracked first, the early bird or the you know the bird or the early. But a lot of people eat at that time. So I don't know if it drive if demand drives the early bird dinners or early bird dinners drive people eating between like two and five p.m. For you know maybe they have a snack later. But that's when the party is, which also makes sense. Like, I think uh, it would be great to go to a party and it's over by four. Then you could say, well, I mean, maybe even earlier. Then you take three o'clock, you go home, take a nap, and then you can uh, have an evening or just go home and then unwind for another hour and go to bed at six, six seven o'clock. So usually it starts like the lot people start uh, the invites generally uh, people start to realize things around 2 p.m. is the hot time of day. But that doesn't really help us at all. Okay, the how, it's really well planned, Diane. And uh, 
it's not super expensive as we said, uh, but the food uh, is kind of the key, uh, you know, one of the key pieces. Uh, I don't know, G and DK, like uh, they have the pop, like just like the original pop up shops. Uh, they clearly make it because what are they spending money on? That's what we're trying to do with the how. So the drinks, but the drinks are generally not high end. The food is generally, we don't have, we don't know what the food is. We just have these general, cheese, some little meat, you know, these, oh, so good. Oh, the spread, as people would say. Okay, so also the how of getting an invite, uh, we don't know that. We just don't know. And we kind of went through what happens when you get the invite. Uh, uh, The why it's like the uh, this is a, a bit of a paradox. It's fun, but the biggest paradox is the whole why and how of the semi-exclusivity. I mean, we wrote down some ideas: crowd control, affordability for the food. Uh, those are the only real, when we tried to get down other than fun. Like, why is it uh, limited in this way? So we're stuck. Uh, unless we get one of us gets an invite, uh, this could be a long-term case, but it's a no-pressure case. You know, we're waiting for when the next party is, and uh, we're just going to work other cases. We, we have another health. We have a healthy outlook on it now. Like we don't have to solve one case at a time. Uh, we're working other cases. Uh, wait, what's that? It just gave you to an idea. What's the idea? To catch a planty party plan planty parter party planner thanks G plan a party pop up to pop to catch a pop up party planner plan a pop up party oh wow but we could do that over the long term so Diana I guess we got our next move so I'll be back uh, when I find out more okay hey Diane it's me so a little time has gone by since I last checked in with you. But we've been working this case, and we've been trying to learn how to have pop-up parties, which has kind of been fun. I mean, more for G&DK, and I think it's helping G&DK, like in this self-derived education system. So the pop-up party planning business is not easy. It's a tough business to be in, especially since it's not a business. Uh, so we started small with just like parties at Aunt Penny's house, uh, those weren't really pop-up parties. They were just parties, and then we had a couple. They had a cookie party. They had a pizza party, like make your own pizza party. They had to bring your own dessert party, and uh, they were just. I don't know. G and DK were just kind of watching things and kind of making note of everything that went into it. And then they said, "This is a lot of work." You know, with the in, and they said the in, like, uh, so they said maybe that's part of it. It's like this. Uh, it generates its own interest, but again, it doesn't, to what purpose, other than fun. We also did what was really fun was like pop up on the golf course refreshment parties where we would just show up on one of the holes of the many golf courses. The town has like 45 golf courses, uh, nine, you know, all kinds. Uh, I don't know if I told you that, Diane. I don't, none of us golf though. But this was fun for the most part. Some people are grouches, but we would pop up on a hole. Got permission. Aunt Penny took care of that. Uh, 
because we said it was like uh, they have refreshment. But anyway, we pop up with lemonade, refreshments. We tried uh, things called water ice or snow ice, snow cones. That's what it is, Diane. And we gave those to golfers. Uh, then over time, we moved on to uh, pop-up dance parties. Those didn't really hit. We worked with a magician. We did a ma- pop-up magic show, pop-up book readings, pop-up bu- bu- book book loans. Uh, and none of it really took off. Uh, we, none of us, uh, like other than the people we invited that we knew, were the people that said, what are you doing? Yeah, we didn't couldn't get the word of mouth thing. Uh, then we started to said, well, what about the food? Let's go back to our first thing. But we quickly realized that between the two, two, two of them, Aunt Penny and me, which I'm not very useful in this, some of this stuff, uh, the food's not sustainable. We don't have a food budget. A thing like lemonade or even the, the snow cones is, is something we could make work. But to have these parties, even in not in a big party, you know, other than it's either time or money investment, Diane. So any attention we got wasn't sustainable, uh, you, you know, because they said, well, the cheese is gone now. The party's over. So we tried to go back to the, like, drawing board. And we say, okay, food or drink is causing us trouble. What else is driving the parties? Uh, maybe it's someone that can afford to, to do this. Uh, maybe they're pooling their money. I mean, G&DK even did it. Uh, and then we said, well, what if we had a food budget? Uh, so then we started planning imaginary bigger parties. Uh, that's what G&DK are working on right now when I'm talking. Uh, but then since we've had time, as they've been doing that, we've kind of percolated. And we also, it turns out you have to be an adult to go, like you have to be a resident to go to the party. So there were two parties, but and it's just, a, I mean, that's just the rules here. So uh, G and DK couldn't go. We did get in line. I did go into the parties, uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't really, like, it, I think I just kind of described it. Uh, uh, so we have had two parties that we weren't able to predict, which our clients said, well, you're learning, okay. So then we tried to go back. Right now, we've been looking at this idea of, like, uh, they call it v- viral now or popular. They used to call it a fad. So right now, I said, what about, uh, w- like, well, this, like, what if we have fad? Wait a second. What if we have fad parties, uh, G&TK? Okay, what's a fad? It's the same thing. Okay, so, like, fads from my time, uh Fisher-Price, uh, Little People, that was a toy, Magic 8-Ball, Slinky, Matchbox Cars. You've heard of the, some of those. Okay. Oh, maybe moving towards your age, like a Viewmaster, remember? Oh, that's been in a movie. Silly Putty. Weebles. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. No, you don't remember that? Rubik's Cube you've heard of, though. Right, the puzzle thing. Atari or Nintendo or Sega. Yeah, okay, you've heard, heard of that. Uh, cabbage Patch Kids, Garbage Pal Kids, uh, uh, Furby. Have you heard of Furby? No, that was before you two, too. What about you? High School Musical? That was a fad, right? And Tamagotchi, Tamaguchi, was that before? Oh, wait, Zuzu, Zuzu, Zuzu Pets. What about that? 
Okay, you've heard of that. Yeah, and then that rainbow, rainbow loom. Exactly. Could we do? Okay, Diane, we'll be back. Okay, Diane, we're back. We had a few fad parties, uh, and uh, it was a lot of work, too. First, we like uh, the good thing was once I started showing G and DK pictures of things, they realized you know because part of their business is helping people clean out their garage. So we had a few test ones, but then G and DK had these giant garbage bags full of pogs, which was a thing. P O G S Diane. In the nineties, I think it was a it was a game, but it was collectible cardboard discs. Uh, most of it was like very similar to the um, things you put on the back of your phone at this period in the history, Diane, but just a round part. And yeah, whatever those are called, smoochers or whatever. And so uh, the Pog Party was a hit. Uh, and it actually like cracked. So the Pogs, we had all these bags of Pogs. So we had a Pog sorting party. Where if you helped, you could keep uh, thirty pogs of any kind. Like uh, go in, not that many people showed up. But the people that should show up, they were into pogs. Holy cow! And they said, well, "Could we invite more people?" Uh, and then we had one guest at the second party. It, this was when we built up to thirty. At first, we said five because uh, he said, "Well, you know, these night rider pogs are very." Uh, very sought after by Pog lovers and David Hasselhoff lovers. And I said, well, I'd like, I don't know. Uh, but so Hillary came and Hillary was asking a lot of questions, uh, during this Pog party. And then we did have lemonade and, you know, things we baked, uh, but not a large scale party. Uh, G and DK say I'm not doing a good job of describing. So Pog is like a round paper coin, Diane. With a picture on one side and then usually a logo or not, you know, a pattern on the other side. In the picture, it could be anything from marketing a product or something famous to a drawing. A lot of licensed stuff, so a lot of versions of toys. So just interesting things to look at that kids might want to collect, uh, like Mario or something. Or Zelda and Link. Thank you, thank you. So, where was I, Diane? So... The Pogs, okay, so Hillary was there, and uh, Hillary just seemed very enthusiastic and very interested. And then we, like a friend, I guess, uh, but a really curious, inquisitive friend. And as we were talking to Hillary, and Hillary's asking, well, she said, oh, so you've had other fad parties. I heard, I kind of heard about those. Uh, Oh, so you make all the food, uh, it's like, uh, what would you do if more people showed up? Uh, And they said, well, we probably have to give out less pogs, maybe not have any food or drink. And Hillary's like, then those people would show up, huh? And we said, yeah, yeah, we just can't figure, I mean, we figured out that uh, some people would come if they could keep the pogs, but it's kind of like work and it's less of a party, though we did all play pogs. Uh, there's a game where you flick the pogs and you get a bit like marbles, Diane. I don't know if you know what marbles is, though. A bit like a game where you flick the pog and then you can win the other. I don't know. I didn't pay attention, Diane, to the rules. Sorry, G. Sorry, DK. Uh, but so everybody played pogs, too. But uh, so it was fun. We said, yeah, like, uh, and then we could, G and DK kind of brought up the party. And like, basically, 
then Hillary started telling us his story in the like the broadest of terms and but the most direct way. Because Hillary said, Jesus, seems like your party's just missing one thing from being uh, like the party you're talking about. And Hillary told this long story, which I'll just try to get to like a, 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 a once upon a time that, you know, there was a, uh, the, like a, there was the towns and there was the idea of free samples and uh, uh, free food and that it was always this thing fraught. Uh, and then the party planning was always based on, geez, how much food could we have in that? And Hillary said there was also once upon a time. Uh, never an official club, but people that loved the shopping malls of the 70s and 80s, uh, people that maybe their parents or their grandparents uh, or their friends were mall walkers, which kind of took a while to describe. And I said, this sounds familiar to me. But they said, you know, that people that like to walk the shopping mall because it used to be the place to go. And then we would sit around and we would talk about it. And then we'd talk about, well, these plazas are kind of like a shopping mall. We would even, this was like an unofficial club. They would go to the last few shopping malls. But they it was a nostalgic uh, experience because they said, well, it's not as good as it once was. And then they said they would go through and then uh, they started having little parties, dinner parties, with each course based on, uh, like, their favorite things at the mall, even if it was not a store. Like, say, well, it's a bookstore. Well, this is a book cake or whatever. And eventually, one of the things they always, the biggest hit at the, any one of these parties, because one of the things they always liked was this place called Hickory Farms, Diane, which was a shop in the mall that I think still, well, here's where we'll get to it, uh, still exists uh, where they would sell, you could get samples. They sold cheese and crackers, like uh, party foods. And it was always like everyone wondered how it stayed in business because it's like, well, how many parties do people have? How much summer sausage does someone need? And it was also a catalog business. And one of the people, like, uh, that had the party, like, bought all this Hickory Farms thing and not only that, uh, Diane, like, as they talked about Hickory Farms, they realized how much they appreciated it. And it was still a corporation and such things. And they said, uh, like, but they weren't doing great. And they said, well, we want to save the Hickory Farms company. And Hickory Farms said, well, we don't know. And they said, well, we have an idea. Like, haven't you heard, don't you know what kids do today? They, instead of fad, fads have been replaced by going viral. And Hickory Farm said, oh, no, we don't change. And they said, well, the shopping malls are gone. How do you recreate the experience uh, that caused you to somehow barely be in business in the 80s or the 70s? Uh, and they said, well, we don't know. And, and we said, well, we have a test. We'll run it to town. All you got to do is give us food. And we think you should become a subscription-based box business like these other, like uh, the great uh, – a dinner box business that's for sleep with me podcast green chef but they said you know there's meat but you know there's all sorts of box businesses now and you pay a certain amount and then you get a box every month they said we're going to take that box based business we're going to mix it with uh like a party like a tupperware party 
like a like a hubba 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 party, you know, that people have nowadays. And we'll uh, we'll have these parties, the Hickory Hangout parties. We'll su- we'll call ourselves the Hickory Hangout. And at the end of the party, any of the invite will invite guests, and we'll have free guests that are the ones we're teasing into it. But you'll have an opportunity to become a subscriber to the Hickory Farms monthly box service, and then you'll get it every month. Uh, and the, the company said, we're not interested. So basically this group, Hillary said, once upon a time in imaginary land, because, you know, I'm just using this company as an example. It's not actually the company we did it with. Though she said, we are called the Hickory Hangout. Uh, but she said, uh, we made our own subscription boxes, uh, you know, because we said, well, we'll just do it locally. And then that'll be how we pay for the party. And then we'll buy the, you know, we'll make, build our own boxes. If you subscribe, you know, if you prepay for an annual subscription, you become a member of the Hickory Hangout. It's also a secret fun club. And, you know, we could also, maybe Hillary said, maybe it could be, you know, if you three could keep a secret and GNTK said three. And Hillary said, well, Aunt Penny's listening in the other room. And they said, oh, well, no, she's, that's just, uh, she sleeps with her eyes open sometimes. And they said, oh, she, Hillary said, great, well, us too. She said, I can't invite you to a party, but maybe we could have our own little pog, hickory hangout pog party. But yeah, and so GNTK said, wait a second. So this was like a, a faux viral marketing party based in a bath of nostalgia. And Hillary said, possibly once upon a time it was. Uh, and GNDK said, well, you just got to roll with it. I guess, and they said, well, could we just get an invite for our, you know, basically, you know, and Hillary said, done. For these Hasselhoff pogs, it'll be worth it. Also, we'll have a Hickory Hangout pog party for sure. And they, I think they're going to. But that case actually, actually uh, was more thawed than cracked, Diane. But, Diane, if you ever need to catch a party plan or plan a party pop-up, you know, that, Diane. All right. Thanks and good night.